1: Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straub. It is Friday, May 21st, and today we're going to be looking at the latest happenings from the play in tournament as the Wizards are moving on, plus the Warriors and Grizzlies are in a win or go home game. And with the big dance itself getting started this weekend, we'll be looking ahead to our most anticipated first round NBA playoff series that and more coming up in just a second.
0: guaranteed
1: as we welcome in everyone listening and everyone watching live on youtube i'm joined now by ryan kanaus and steve alexander what's uh what's happening fellas
4: just some playing games to enjoy how's uh (laughs) how how are you guys liking the play-in tournament i'm a i'm a big fan it seems like uh i know the celtics wizards game i think at the highest tnt ratings of any game since the season opener so it seems like it's been a ratings bonanza this is a thing that's here to stay
5: I think it's a thing that's here to stay, but I mean, I wish the games had been better. There's been, wow. <laughs> you know, the Lakers-Warriors yeah. game was, was literally one of the best games we, we've had all season, and every other playing game has pretty much been trash.
4: It's
1: a well, fair
5: point. I was surprised by way the, to, the... Way to kill the buzz, Steve. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, it's here to stay. It's making money. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And and right. I mean, I think it's a good concept. Keeps more teams involved. You know, I read something on Twitter yesterday about... How it's it's difficult to find, you know, ten really good NBA teams, and now we're we're trying to make it twenty really good NBA teams to to get in, or however many teams it is, uh, which is going to be difficult. But it, I don't think it matters. I think it the the fact that uh, an underdog has a chance to to sneak in and and take somebody out is is kind of fun, and you know, we're going to find out if the Warriors and Lakers can both pull off the the miracle and get in.
4: Yeah. And
5: as, uh, you
4: know, we've mentioned a couple times throughout the year, but as fantasy managers, like, I loved the plan because it gave so many more teams a rooting interest. Even teams who weren't vying for the 10 seed, but teams who wanted to get above the cut, make number six so that they didn't have to take part in the plan. Mm -hmm. It gave those teams on the bubble perhaps more influence. So there were a solid 10 teams across the league that were playing... Key guys in meaningless "quote unquote" games, typically in a typical season, uh, that benefited fantasy managers because suddenly your your studs aren't racking up DMPs in the final week.
5: Well, and yeah. think about that. I mean, it, it was such a um, difficult, silly season as it was with all those all those teams uh, trying to get in the play in and, and actually playing for something down the stretch. You know, you take some of those teams out of that. Mix and and then it's even it's even yeah. worse. Yeah,
1: yeah. The way I feel about this whole plan thing is like I'm happy that we have these extra playoff games. I think the concept is fun, even if it's blatantly a money grab. It's just kind of like don't wake me up and remind me that these are like the seven and eight seeds, and most of these teams are going home in the first round, anyways. Now, it, it helps that like the Warriors and the Lakers were in this, right? Because I mean, yeah. you know, if the Warriors get through to the eight seed, I think. You know, you kind of think, well, a series with stuff, maybe anything can happen. Utah's been banged up, et cetera. But we'll, we'll talk about that stuff more in a minute. First, fellas, I don't know if you guys remember this. We have wagers to uh, to settle
5: up on here. Oh. We have
1: a couple of season long wagers we made. If you listen to the podcast, you know this. I got first of um, all.
5: I got I got to go. Um, there's somebody at the door. Um, <laughs> Well, we'll st- we'll start. Steve, I'll
1: uh, I'll I'll slow play this for you, so we don't have to settle ours first. Ryan and I, for <laughs> unknown reasons, bet on Lou Dort's season-long scoring <laughs> average. I, I'd have to go back and listen, Ryan, to figure out why in the world this happened and why we chose an incredibly accurate number. <laughs> yeah. What turned out to be, we landed on fourteen point two points per game for Lou Dort, which for most of the season was a victory lap for you, and then improbably Lou Dort just got outrageously hot late in the season. And then due to Oklahoma city's shenanigans sitting him out when he probably wasn't hurt at all so that they could execute one of the most ridiculous tank jobs of all time. (laughs) He ends up averaging 14.0 points per game. Every time he played that number was going up and you, you got me at the buzzer, Ryan. So congratulations, a Jersey of your, of your, a Jersey of your choosing, a Jersey of your choosing is coming your way
4: a oh, sure jersey yes okay i i had forgotten about this so i i do not have a request uh, okay. on, on tap but i will get back to you asap i cannot wait yeah. to to rock my my winnings on this very podcast in the future
1: you have uh, 1 week to decide and if you don't make a pick by this time <laughs> next week i get to choose and it's not going to be pretty for you
5: oh okay an interesting twist i remember <laughs> um when well as one as one twitter uh, as one of my Twitter followers suggested, when I was on a yacht in Key West doing the podcast, I remember you guys had, I think you had done a podcast like the, the two days before that. It was the one where we had, uh, I think Matt, we had Rosenworcel on maybe, and mm-hmm. you were, uh, you guys were talking about your Lou Dort points bet. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> I remember feeling, I had, FOMO. I, I was like sad that I wasn't there to be part of the Ludor bet because I like to bet. I, I lose well, a lot. Well, Steve, you and I did
1: bet on Luka Doncic's season long free throw percentage. I'm sorry, I do have to bring this up. I think the number was in the mid 70s, but it doesn't even matter because he didn't come close to it. 73.0 is the final number. We both know that's a loss for you. So after I sent you a <laughs> Trey Young Jersey last year, you are now sending me one and i i will be making my pick soon i have not finalized it but that's official those are the official bets in the books
5: i'm really upset because i I really wanted a michael porter jr jersey i can't you know what
1: that kind of thing might influence my thinking too like do i get one of your guys like do i get the jersey of one of your guys and wear it on the podcast (laughs) yeah could be a boucher
5: I'd love to send you a used Trey Young shirzy with some chihuahua hair on it and get myself a brand new MPJ (laughs) sparkling nuggets. I can't
1: wait for my new Facundo (laughs) Composo shirzy. Okay, Let's, let's... Look at the latest from Thursday evening. The Wizards absolutely walloped the shorthanded Pacers, 142 to 115. One of those aforementioned lopsided playing games that Steve was mentioning. Russell Westbrook, much more efficient in this one. Six of 13 for 18 points, eight boards, 15 dimes. Bradley Beal scored 25. But most importantly, guys, Daniel Gafford lit the candle. 15 (laughs) points, 13 rebounds, a steal, and five blocks in, wait for it, 22 minutes. Classic. Classic scott brooks classic daniel gafford but man he was an absolute monster and i don't think that's overstating it on thursday night
4: He lit the candle it's it's a good thing gerald green wasn't around to blow it out um (laughs) gafford yeah man he he was awesome and he's doing all the things we've been talking about his his constant energy and presence around the rim is remarkable like he's he's blocking a ton of shots in the final month of the season, 3.7 blocks per 36 minutes. Mm-hmm. But even when he's not blocking shots, he's just making life difficult for opponents in the paint, uh, you know, hoovering up rebounds. Uh, he's He's been super impressive. And I looked throughout the Wizards entire regular season. Now, granted, Gafford was only there for part of it. But the highest net ra- rating on the team was 2.3, and that belonged to Ish Smith, uh, Bradley Beal was negative 0. 0.3. Westbrook was negative 1.2. Gafford was a positive 7.1. Come so on. The impact he makes is quantifiable. You know, it's you can look at it and he passes the eye test. You can look at the numbers and, and he's doing it. So uh, really setting himself up for a bigger role next year and fantasy managers have to take notice.
5: Yeah. Gafford, uh, as I wrote in, in the Daily Dose at 3.30 uh, a.m. Gafford was the real hero tonight, and the round ball stew crew has been crying for more minutes all season for Gafford. So, yeah, um, it was fun to see. Robin Lopez only played six minutes. Alex Lynn played 13 minutes. Gafford, didn't he have all five of those blocks in the first half, and wasn't that a play-in record or something? Um, A play-in record? (laughs) (laughs) The long history of the play-in? Well, dude, these don't count as playoff games, right? no which is bizarre oh that's like that's russell so westbrook's weird. triple double or something i don't think
4: like like tatum's 50 doesn't count as a playoff 50 it's no. kind of oh. silly even though it it's also Dev, Jeff Van Gundy on. ranted on the broadcast he was like these are clearly it's not the regular season we're in the yeah. postseason what else you yeah these
1: it? are limbo jason tatum has been great in limbo in his career in if limbo jason,
5: games if jason tatum scores 50 in a playoff game did it did it really happen i mean in a play-in game that really i just right. bom- i really bombed that uh, by the way horrible those joke. gafford blocks he
1: absolutely eviscerated a mcdermott what appeared to be a mcdermott dunk attempt and then mm-hmm. brogdon took took one to the rack and the the force with which he swatted that off the backboard was something else i mean the guy just plays with pure power and it's phenomenal to watch Man, Why, you- what am i talking about i'm getting a gafford jersey what why is this even a discussion like it's <laughs> no, no question Do they
5: make gaffer jerseys that that becomes the question
1: uh yeah. if scott brooks has anything to say about it they don't but i but i would imagine they have to at this point got to start churning those out There
4: must be some etsy seller slinging some <laughs> no etsy. Un, un, unlicensed products out there no, actually I gotta, I gotta have
5: official <laughs> i know speaking of etsy unlicensed products uh round ball oh, stew shirts <laughs> Matt, could you send me a round ball stew shirtsy, please? <laughs>
1: we'll talk one more time. We're trying to get those round ball stew shirts made. By the way, before we move on from Gafford, I just have to say I made the mistake of looking, and this guy went 38th overall in the 2019 draft. And one of the teams that picked be- right before that was the Atlanta Hawks, who actually traded for Bruno Fernando, uh, who went four picks before Gafford, which is just painful because. Gafford is everything you would hope Bruno Fernando could be, and it very much is not. <laughs> All right, let's do a quick post mortem on some of these Pacers because the Pacers are out, of course. Now, we already talked a bit about how Sabonis is a guy who, you know, returned first round value down the stretch. He's probably a guy who's going to go in like second round of fantasy drafts at the latest. We talked about Karis Lavert, what he did down the stretch, how he's probably a pick insider around the top 50 so I want to talk about a couple other key Pacers players and that would be Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner and I want to start with Turner who kind of becomes a tricky guy to evaluate I think uh Ryan he's a top 15 guy when he played this year but only played in 47 games so what do you do with Turner moving forward how much do you weigh that long absence at the end of the season how much do you weigh his his numbers when he did play
4: yeah so i mean health concerns have kind of nipped at him throughout really his nba career doesn't seem like anything chronic or super concerning but it's one of those players where you know if he keeps getting banged up is there something underlying this is it something in just his his physiology that's causing more injuries than your average player i'm not sure but not super worried about the the injury that has shut him down um Statistically, you're right, he's a fascinating case study because we saw him get out to a really hot start, uh, tons of blocks, was enough Mm -hmm. to propel him to first round value, but it was so heavily concentrated in just blocks, I mean, he'll contribute elsewhere and doesn't really hurt you, Uh, one of those centers who won't won't hurt your free throw percentage, etc. But I don't love spending a top 30 pick on a guy who's really only going to win you one category and then be kind of OK elsewhere. Uh, so I view him as more of a top 50 type guy. Does that sound right to you, Steve?
5: Yeah, I think so. I used to be right. I used to ride the, the Miles Turner train pretty hard. Like I was actually I was actually, <laughs> I was actually uh, the engineer for a little while. Um, okay. The blocks and the threes are nice and they're fun. And like you said, he doesn't hurt you in free throw percentage. He has occasional really great games that, that can inspire you as a fantasy manager and and make you think he's better than he is. But now that he's older and now the injuries are really a concern, there's other centers out there. We should be spending our, our picks on besides him. I, I think, I think top 50 is about right. Maybe Maybe a fourth round, fifth round center.
1: Uh, do we have any train heads in the room here? What's the difference between an engineer and a conductor? Is that a silly question? Mm, that's a yeah, great... That's Just a, a
4: room full of train heads. That, that's, that's what a, we got here, Matt.
1: Great question. <laughs> great question. Great question. All right, one we're going to have to circle back on. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, meanwhile, jumped to 53rd overall on the nine-category leaderboard. That was a big improvement on a per-game basis from what he did last season but he also was 16 games and on the plus side averaged a career high 21.2 points per game 2.6 threes those were big leaps for him so steve looking at the whole picture with brogdon how high does he go for you because on the one hand he seems like a real solid top 50 guy but one who definitely comes with some recent injury history he's had trouble staying on the floor the last two seasons
5: well i don't even know if i'd call it recent injury issues i feel like he's he's always had injury issues his whole career. Uh, I'll tell you what, though, when he was healthy this season, he was he was as good as a lot of point guards out there, and he was super fun to have on your team. I want to believe that Brogdon's going to be healthy next year and, and make it through a whole season, but I just I can't do it. And uh, this T.J. McConnell emergence in, in Indy, Um, If both of those guys are back with the Pacers next year, uh, McConnell's really going to eat into what Brogdon does, I think. The guy basically led the league in steals, led all guards in in field goal percentage, I'm pretty sure, and was really the spark plug that kept the Pacers alive as long as they stayed alive, you know, without Miles Turner and without Karis Mm -hmm. LeVert, et cetera. So. The presence of McConnell along with Brogdon's injuries make me a little leery of drafting Brogdon, but he's like Miles Turner. He's fourth or fifth round guy.
4: Steve, you you hit on two of the key ones there. Obviously, McConnell. Now he may not be back next year. He's an unrestricted free agent. He only made 3.5 million this year. You'd think he's due for a, a huge raise uh, after this just epic uh, six man season that he put together. Uh, and then Brogdon has never played in more than 64 games in an NBA season. So, you know, there's a games play discount that you have to give him right off the top. Plus, he was an older rookie coming into the year. So I believe he's 28. I think he'll turn 29 next season. So how much higher can he get? He's increased his scoring every year in the league. Uh, he's very efficient. You know, his percentages are a big boost. And his three-pointers this year were more than a full triple higher than he had ever averaged before but his assists took a hit. His steals went down to below one per game. So, yeah, I don't know. I just don't see how much higher he can get. Like, is he going to take another scoring leap and be a 25-point-per-game guy? Can he average seven assists? Even if McConnell's gone, you have Karis Lavert handling the ball. Obviously, Sabonis. bonus. The offense runs through him. So I just think, given this season, you're going to be overpaying for him next year.
5: Ryan, I think that's that's a really good point. Like how much better can he get? I don't think he can get any better than he was this season. I think Brogdon peaked. I, I think I don't think he can score any more points. I don't think he can do anything more than he did this season because he was he he was really, really good when he played, but this is it. This is as good as, as good as it gets. Yeah. Okay, let's move ahead to look
1: at this Warriors Grizzlies matchup. Golden State favored by four and a half and over under a 221 in this one, Ryan. What are you looking for here? Do you, do you? I feel like the sentimental thing here is you want the Warriors to win so that Steph stays in the playoffs. But how realistic is that? What what do you think is going to happen in this one?
4: I think it's somewhat oh realistic, boy. just given given how well the Warriors finished the season, right? Um, Steve Scott,
5: what's up? Steve <laughs> got a. Uh, oh, what was that? Did we grab some shoes there? What what was that, Steve? No, I think he's probably that's a that is a hungry uh, middle school job. Gotcha. I <laughs> thought he was going to take
1: your Luca jersey off the wall because of the disgrace of losing that bet. I to, for a second there, thought we Sorry, had
4: uh, a, a rabid uh, Warriors fan coming to d- defend <laughs> his squad. Uh, but I I think it's more than sentimental reasons thinking that uh, you know Steph and the Warriors can advance. They're they're playing really well. Draymond Green healthy obviously is huge. Andrew Wiggins has really stepped into a reliable and consistent which is the key two-way role for them uh he's had and still occasionally has games where he just kind of vanishes the effort isn't there but for the most part he's been impactful every time he takes the court gives them you know an x factor offensively who can make up for the absence of kelly Oubre. jordan Poole emerging as a legit go-to guy off the bench has been massive for them the Grizzlies' depth is superior and they've been playing solid ball all season. This is a tough, tough matchup to handicap. So uh I think that the Warriors will advance, in fact.
5: Yep, I'm right there with you. I think the Warriors are gonna advance. I think Andrew Wiggins might be the X factor here, Jordan Poole. And Steph Curry. Steph Curry does not if this was still the regular season and the and the Warriors were gonna be the number eight seed, we'd be like, Yeah, you know, they're just gonna be a number eight. Why not, why not? tank and try to get a lottery pick but the whole play-in aspect of this and overcoming the odds and just getting into the playoffs is fun and the utah jazz to me might be the the least intimidating number one seed in the west we've had and since i've been covering nba basketball so Anything's possible here, man. I, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a must-watch must, must watch game. I want to see Curry and Ja Morant throw down and see see who comes out on top. But I, I think it's going to be the Warriors. Well, to your point, Steve,
1: you know, the, the Jazz are expected, according to Andy Larson of the Salt Lake Tribune, to have Donovan, Donovan Mitchell available for Sunday's Game 1, barring any setbacks. But, I mean, it does feel a little bit, Ryan, like the Jazz are coming in, you know, kind of vulnerable here? I mean, Mitchell's been out a month. What do you think? I mean, do you think the Jazz are just going to pick up where they left off and and get back to to rolling? Or are we going to kind of have to see a ramp up at the worst time for this team?
4: Yeah, I, I mean, the Jazz played well enough while Mitchell was out, right? That coming into the series, I think welcoming back their, their lead scorer, they can always hang their hat on their defense, even though they can be scored against. That I'm not too worried about them, frankly. I mean, they lost some more games while he was out, but they managed to weather the storm. Uh, now they have him back. They should be healthy. They've had other guys step up. So I'm not too worried about, about Utah going into the postseason in terms of welcoming back Donovan Mitchell. Quickly, the
1: one more piece of injury news. The Nuggets are not expected to have Will Barton out with a hamstring for the opener, at least, this weekend. No P.J. Dozier either, so... Steve, is there any target here that you can think of? Like, if you're playing playoff DFS, any anyone on Denver who might kind of jump into that, or is it going to be kind of by
5: committee and there's not a lot to work with here? Um, yeah, I don't know that there's anybody other than, of course, my guy Compazo, that you really want to you really want to mess with. Like, Denver could really use a Jordan Clarkson type of player, couldn't they? Like, if Denver had Jordan Clarkson. He would be filling that Will Barton role, but they could use an incredibly explosive six man. Yeah, I
1: think most teams probably would say that.
5: <laughs> yeah, uh, but Michael Porter Jr. of course is is gonna is gonna go off as usual. Jokic is gonna go off. Composo is gonna gonna have a ton of steals and and play a good game. You know, I, I want to see a, I want to see Compazo and TJ McConnell play together. That, that would be would be fun I, I, those are a couple other suresy ideas, ideas for me next year when uh, i win some of these bets but no i don't really see a guy on that roster that that you want to put in your dfs lineup automatically just because will barton's not there the, the nuggets need will barton back though and i don't know when they're gonna when that's gonna happen
4: in a big way and I think in the in the playoff preview show, I forget. But did we all pick the the Blazers to upset? Someone picked the the Nuggets to hold on. Right? I picked got the the, nuggets.
1: Steve picked the Nuggets. I
4: think. Nice. And you you feel confident in that take still? I mean, nothing's yeah. really changed. To
1: Steve, oh yeah, Steve picked the Nuggets to upset the Blazers. I believe, isn't that right, Steve? <laughs> yeah.
5: If I had enough money, I would bet a surety on that series. But I, I'm already I'm already down a surety. I don't know if I can get double or nothing right now. My inbox,
1: uh, the phone lines are open, Steve. You you know where to find me. I do.
2: Dietz Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference.
1: This week, NBC Sports Predictor powered by PointsBet has two pick and roll NBA contests with a total of 150,000 in jackpot prizes up for grabs. Be sure to get your picks in before tonight's contest for your chance to win big. Download the Predictor app powered by PointsBet and get your picks in now for a chance to win big. All right, guys, we're going to now talk about our most anticipated first round playoff series, playoff series or two, a series that you're really looking forward to and why Ryan why don't you start us off
4: oh well you made my life easy by giving me the or two option uh because both of the (laughs) three six matchups the one we were just talking about Denver Portland uh, and the Milwaukee Miami I find to be really compelling for for different reasons uh Milwaukee you know, they come in having been bounced by Miami last year. So there's that mm-hmm. Can they get over the hump, they spent much of this season tweaking their systems to to avoid another early exit. Like we saw the heat are that, you know, they may not be as cohesive. We they struggle to stay healthy for much of the season. So can they put it all together on the fly in time to knock off uh, the, the favored Bucks? I'm not sure, but it's going to be a slugfest of a series. I expect it to go six, maybe seven games. So super excited to see what comes uh, What comes of that
5: one. Well, of course, the Dallas Mavericks versus the LA Clippers rematch for me is is huge because of the fact that Dallas and Luka are in it. And I picked Dallas, which as Sarah said at the end of at the end of the playoff preview show, I don't know if it was my Hawks pick or my Dallas pick, but she goes, and clearly Steve just made that pick to be different. (laughs) She could totally tell my heart wasn't in it. And that I, I was not, you know, I was not going to Vegas and putting money on what I was saying to, to the viewers, which was hilarious, but I'm excited to watch Dallas and, and the Clippers. I hope Dallas can pull it all together. And Chris Tapps, Porzingis can actually show up and, and hang out with us for a little bit before he disappears to the locker room. Uh, and, of course, the Atlanta Hawks versus New York Knicks. That thing is shaping up. It just looks like a war, and it, it's going to be a war. Matt Straub has said several times it's going to be uh, very hard to watch, and, and it's going to yeah. be excruciating for probably fans of both teams. I mean, that series is just set up to be – like, uh, it reminds me, it has the feel of the Pacers versus the Knicks in the Reggie Miller era, uh, it just when they played each other every year and, and Spike Lee and everybody's angry at everybody. It just feels like that kind of series. And then the other one is, you know, the Lakers and the Suns. Can Chris Paul get out of the first round for the, what, second time ever or something like that? And can, can LeBron and AD keep the train rolling? Mm. Yeah, I,
1: I am obviously my first pick for most anticipated anticipated playoff series is that Hawks-Knicks series that you mentioned, Steve. Obviously, as a Hawks fan, uh, it's been a long wait of four years to see this team in the playoffs. It feels like even longer. And I, I may just not sleep until Sunday at 7 p.m. I, I'm very excited. I'm totally dreading it at the same time. I think that the contrast in styles between these two teams is going to be something to watch. I mean, the Knicks really want to kind of get the Hawks just – into, into their world of like Julius Randle just punishing them on isos and like slowing down the game. And, you know, the Hawks want to, you know, make the game a little prettier, play faster, score more points. It's going to be like, can the Hawks outscore the Knicks and a very good defense? It's going to be, I think it's going to be a great series and it's going to be awful. The I, I, the other one for me was the, uh, the Suns-Lakers, which you mentioned, Steve. I think that one's going to be fascinating because, man, if you're a Phoenix fan, after the great season they had you're like wait a second we got the lakers in the first round that is just agonizing like a healthy lakers team in the first as a first round draw ryan that is about as brutal as you can ask for after being one of the best teams in the league all season
4: it is tough i mean that's just that's just how it breaks down. I would say honestly a little bit the same for the Bucks. Like they're going to face their their nemesis from last year in the first mm-hmm. round and the Heat maybe aren't the typical 6 seed, but but yeah, seeing AD and LeBron in the first round of the playoffs just doesn't doesn't seem right for a team mm-hmm. that overachieved all season that had the top seed within reach over the last week and just couldn't quite pull it off, but no one said it's going to be easy. So if they want to if they want to get there, what better test than taking down the reigning champs in the first round?
1: Think about how scary these low-seeded teams are. I mean, so you may have Steph Curry on an 8 seed, you have LeBron AD as the 7 seed, you have Jason Tatum on the 7 seed in the East, and you have Russell Westbrook on the 8 seed in the East as well. It's like none of these are they may end up being walkovers, but, I mean, if you're those high-seeded teams, you're not feeling like you just have sort of a walkthrough in the first round in any way.
4: Yeah. You you left out Beal for the Wizards. Is that just because his hamstring hurts, or are you a— uh...
1: No, I—no. And I left out Gaffer, too, sorry, as I'm talking about the stars
5: and these low-seeded <laughs> Yeah, you're to talk
4: about the, teams. the top stars, yeah.
5: <laughs> you forgot Jeff Ruland and, and Rick Mahorn, the Bruce Brothers, uh, for the Bullets. Um, i tell you what, man. If Russell Westbrook and Danny Gafford and Brad Beal could somehow knock off the Sixers, how how fun would that be? Uh, that would be, be so it. fun. It, it's not going it There's no way. Because There's no way. Gafford's
1: going to play 18 minutes a game in that series. Yeah. <laughs>
4: he could play 48 minutes. They're not going to beat the Sixers.
1: <laughs> Listen, if Gafford plays 48 minutes, the, the <laughs> earth will stop. Time will stand still, Ryan. You have never seen anything like Daniel Gafford playing an entire NBA game.
5: Okay. Uh, all
1: right, guys. Anything, anything for you before we get out of here?
5: I, for some reason, you know, sports trading cards are, are super hot again. And Word on the street? For some reason, I got I got into my collection – and it was digging through, and I, I pulled out my Ricky Ricky Henderson rookie card, and uh, I looked it up. And there's a you know mint ten Ricky Henderson rookie card going for like forty forty thousand dollars or something ridiculous. And I've got a buddy that works for Beckett, so I took a picture of my Ricky Henderson card and sent it to him. And I have visions in my head of selling this thing for like twenty grand and going out and buying a Porsche. And I said, should I get this card rated, like graded? And uh, he sends me a text back. He goes, dude, just zoom in and take a look at the corners on that thing. It's trash. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn it. That's every- <laughs> like, uh, it I love it. It really like, ruined all of my dreams. But I do have a, a Dominique rookie uh, card that's from the Star Company that also did the, the Jordan first rookie card that I guess there's. Ripoffs and and duplicates out there that aren't aren't authentic, but I know mine is because I got it from that company in 1983 or whatever. But uh that thing, the corners are pretty tight on that, so there's still hope for my Porsche. I had, I had a similar thing, Steve,
4: a couple of years ago. I had a, a Nolan Ryan rookie card that I'd had forever, and I was like, wow, this thing, you know, at the when I was a kid, it was like the holy grail. And turns out it's like as off-center as can possibly be, and the corners are all mangled, and like, I, yeah, I have a friend who goes goes to professional trade shows, and he, yeah, he, same thing, he took one look at it, he's like, you might get a hundred bucks, <laughs> it's like, oh man, but that's the game these days. I love the image of Steve
1: like rifling through an old shoebox to pull out this mangled Ricky Henderson rookie card and be like,
2: yes,
4: here is my
5: meal ticket.
4: <laughs> His eyes glinting with, with greed.
2: You know, it's, yeah. funny,
5: it's funny you say that because it's not a shoebox, but it's like, it's like a treasure chest type thing that I've got over here behind yeah. me. And uh, I have my good cards, you know, my Ricky Henderson rookie and the Dominique rookie and all that in a drawer just to my right. But then I had a whole other set of things in the chest, and when I got in there, check this out.
1: Oh, he's getting up! Wow, Ryan, we got to fill this. Oh no, I thought he was really going to be gone for a oh. while.
4: <laughs> okay, oh, nice. Oh,
1: nice. For that's a good audio, good audio element for people. Yes, that was Ralph
4: Sampson lounging, and who was on the bottom? When, when
5: I got in there, I found this, and it's autographed by Ralph Sampson. Oh, that's Ewing down there. And then Patrick Ewing, this was the cover of Sports Illustrated. Um, That's like it's in great shape. November 29th of 1982. And the reason that it was uh, in my Throwing treasure chest around. of crap is I still plan on getting Patrick Ewing to sign his. Because right now only Ralph Sampson signed it. So, But I found, I've got, I found all Terry Terry Cummings. Is that the guy played for the Clippers? Guys? Fox 2, right? Tough, yeah. tough. Playing, playing, <laughs> tuck, tuck. He played in the NBA forever, right? I got a Terry Cummings autographed uh, Sports Illustrated cover over there. If anybody wants to put in a one dollar bid for that, so this can... is this is turning into QVC round balls too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just I got in tre- I got in the treasure chest, and when that happens, you know, crazy things,
1: crazy. Yeah. Things the second happen hour right. of the show on Fridays is uh is Steve's shopping network <laughs> where he
5: just kind of pulls things out of his attic and tries to shill them to the viewers yeah. and listen. I, I thought you were I gonna say stick. something else besides attic. Steve pulls things out of his attic. Attic. <laughs> Attic. Uh, I will say my one trading card story of note is that when I was
1: a kid, pro- probably in like the 80s at the Atlanta airport, leave- coming back into town in the parking lot, I found a Whitey Ford baseball card on the ground, like on the pavement. And I was like, oh, my God, like I'm made for life. Like this is it. And, and I think it was worth like, you know, it was worth like twenty bucks at the time, or something. You know, and I was like, "Man, this thing, this is my prized possession." You know, like as a kid, you find a twenty dollar card on the ground, and you're like, "Oh, that's huge!" Hey, Baby.
4: Things are turning around for me. You still have that tucked away somewhere?
1: You know, uh, I think it's in my treasure chest over there. I have to go look. <laughs> okay, that's for
5: save it for I'll, next episode, Matt. We yeah, I'll see if something. I can sell that.
1: See if we can put that whitey Ford card in a new home next week. Next Friday, tune in.
5: <laughs> this all this all reminds me when I when I was telling you my about buying my putter story, and I'm like, yes, yeah, so I found a hundred dollar bill on the ground, and blah 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 blah. And you're like, wait 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 wait, back up! You found a hundred dollars, and you're not you're, that's not the that's not the key to this whole story. And I was like, oh yeah. man, I guess that is kind of wild. That was like, yeah. I I found a whitey Ford card on the on the bar floor. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. Well. That is going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple
1: Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a moment to rate and review us as well. We're here Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays throughout the playoffs. We'll be live at noon on YouTube those days. Thanks to everyone for listening and for watching. If you were watching, Ryan, Steve, thanks. Enjoy the games, everyone, this weekend, and we will see you next week. See you later, guys. Bye. See you, man.